0: Hey, everybody, I'm testing out a new format for the podcast. So, this is going to be less edited, a little less um, intense at the beginning. I jump right into the content, but what it's hopefully going to help me do is churn out a higher level of quantity. And I'm going to tweak the quality as we go along. But I think this is really going to um, help quality overall. So, uh, podcast coming up, we'll jump right into the episode uh, and we'll, you know, you'll see how it evolves over time. So, thanks for being a part. Okay, so. This is the first, well, I guess it's day two of my new process. It kind of looks like I just woke up. Day two of my uh, new process on content and uh, after a fail yesterday that uh, included audio and video issues, I'm back up and running today. So that's good. It's a good feeling. So uh, the... The thing that I wanted to walk through today is I, I, last week I had seen a couple of these kind of posts. You've probably seen them too. Uh, one that sent essentially was saying email is dead and another that has said email is not dead, right? <clears throat> and uh, <coughs> I see those all the time. And I wanted to break them down a little bit, so I'm actually going to do both and I'm going to, instead of getting like a little sensational about it either way and being all passionate that one or the other is true, I want to break down the principles of what I think is behind both of those <coughs> from my point of view. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, you sh- we're all doing email marketing, whether we think it's dead or not. And, uh. I think knowing the principles of both of these uh, is a good idea. Okay, so let's start with the reasons why email is dead. So (coughs) the first one that I, the the main one that I see is that, uh, what we'll say number one, is that the newer generation, Gen Z, whatever you wanna call them, they really don't like it. Uh, It's not fast enough, I think, for them. They definitely, I think, uh, you know, if you've you've grown up with emails, sometimes those threads and messages can be really long, like people write, you know, epistles sometimes in those emails as they're trying to explain their point of view. (coughs) And that's a lot to take in sometimes. I just think Gen Z, those people, I don't know, maybe I should ask them more directly, but I've seen some things online that lead me to believe that they don't like it too much. So, if that's the case, and there's a generational kind of shift to the point where they, like, just won't use it, then, you know, maybe it could die out. Reason number two is that it's noisy, so it's hard to to stand out. This isn't, you know, this isn't, like, a new point of view. Everybody knows it. The inbox is uh, crowded. And, uh, yeah, so because of that, like you have to be really good in order to get any kind of decent above average um, open rates and (coughs) if you look at benchmarks and stuff um, they vary by industry, it's hard to tell what's accurate anymore because you've got more mail clients that are like blocking images within emails or not going to send back open data at all that kind of stuff (coughs) and uh, So it's really hard to know, quite honestly, what like open rates are. But regardless, we know that the traffic's busy, which means it's hard to stand out. Uh, Related to this, um, maybe, so related to point number one for point number three, um, inbox zero is really hard to get. Uh, Have you seen those screenshots of people that have like 10,000 messages out? And they haven't read that are unread. <clears throat> Which, by the way, if you do, you're never going to get to them. Just mark them all read, please. For, like, your own sanity. That little notification bubble that says you still have 10,000 mes- 10, messages to read brings a lot of guilt to people. And so I think, you no, know, tied to one, reason one of people just don't like it. Excuse me. Then... <clears throat> They don't want to deal with that guilt, and sometimes they'll just leave it, and then it just grows and grows and grows because it's so hard to get, and they feel like they got to read everyone. So that guilt would be driving people away. The last two are kind of related as well. So number four, you get forced into messages that you can't get out of. So <clears throat> what I'm thinking of here are long threads at work that along the line, someone decides to copy you into them, and then you're stuck. You can't pull yourself out of that thread unless you convince whoever the next reply is to pull you out. And so I would imagine you've all been in threads that you know you didn't have to respond to, but they just keep like they're highly active and sometimes they're like really long messages, so you don't want to miss something that you might not that might be relevant to you and then you spend, you know, 20 minutes reading through the whole thread. That you had to catch up on and it's not about anything you're doing (coughs) so uh, that's another reason and then the last one is that you get forced into messages that you didn't opt into now with government regulations going no more like privacy enabled consumer focused stuff this is theoretically going to be less of an issue (coughs) but i still get loads of messages from brands that i know i never opted into so they purchased my info somewhere um, and then decided that it was valuable enough to send me a message so uh, typically those get either moved to uh, junk or spam or at the very very least unsubscribed if i actually take the time to do that (coughs) and uh, so the inbox is the easiest for people to uh, get themselves into, which is why it's so noisy. All right, (coughs) have those convinced you the email is dead? If those have, let's look at the other side and see why it's not. Okay, reason number one, email is the most highly curatable channel out there. So in spite of uh, being forced into messages that you you know didn't opt in to receive, I think as we trend that you know there's going to be more regulation around that. You can curate your inbox to exactly what you need it to be. You know, for everything that you don't want to see more, if you just mark it as spam, and get rid of it, like you won't see it anymore. And it's a lot harder to do that with like social feeds. You can follow the people that you know you want to see, but then, you know, especially with people, like their stuff is all over the place. And um, a lot of times you'll see like posts that they just interacted with that weren't necessarily the stuff that you wanted to follow. So when it comes to curating the content that you want to see, nothing is more flexible than email. Um, Being able to uh, create folders, uh, filters that drive those messages into certain folders. I mean, a lot of us probably don't take the time to get in that depth, but if you wanted to, um, there's, there are so many options to do it with, um, <clears throat> number two, there are entire, like, this isn't, this is more of like looking at others and the work they're doing, but there are whole businesses built on email newsletters and that's all they do, right? Like their main product is sending out an email. And, uh, thinking of like the morning brew and there's several others that just tend to kill it. So if they've built entire businesses just on creating a really worthwhile newsletter, clearly, uh, it's not dead. people are signing up, people are receiving it. They're engaging and consuming the content and they've built a business off that. So, um, that tells me that if your email isn't working, then the delivery and the content just isn't good enough. right? So it still works. Uh, reason number three, people are willing to give an email address for something. So I can't count the number of times that I knew it was like, okay, I, this is like a one-time thing, I'm gonna make a purchase. It's worth it to me to sign up for the newsletter that I'll maybe unsubscribe from immediately, or maybe the brand's okay, and I'll, they promise a discount if I sign up for the newsletter. I've done that all the time. I've signed up for brands too, hoping to get like promotions. So I don't actually really read the messages. I just like use it as a ticker to keep track of like promotions, and you know, eventually one might hit that like I was looking for. So, an offer is a really uh, easy example. I think there's some others, but <clears throat> people will be willing to give up an email if they, you know, get something of value in return. Uh, for best, uh, email is one of the best ways for distributing content. So, if you if you do it right, I mean, think of like these businesses that have built themselves wholly on new newsletters. Um, <coughs> When you post links and algorithms on social media, for example, you get penalized for putting the link in there. And that's because the social media site doesn't want you leaving, Uh, they just don't want you leaving. Up to this point, email has not seen that kind of level of oversight is in the content that they've created, like all emails include loads of links. And that's part of the whole purpose. So if you have an engaged audience in email um, and you're trying to drive experiences in other places, it's one of the best distribution channels because you're not going to be penalized for putting stuff like links in it. Um, So it's distribution. That's uh, a really good thing with email. And uh, fifth point is that it's the most personalized channel uh, of any channels out there. Um, It. You know, from an an automated point of view, like you have more access to an email database than anywhere else that can then deliver content uh, for the people that you're sending it to. And you just can't do that with social. You really can't do that as well with your website. Uh, But with email, you can. And I think people still yearn for that. They they like the personalization. And um, email still has an edge on top of every other channel (coughs) in that regard all right so those are the principles i hope you uh enjoyed them and give me your thoughts on whether you agree or not take care